Amen. Well, folks, as I'm sure I don't need to tell you, we're gathered here tonight to celebrate the goodness of God for the blessings of harvest. And I look down before me and I see the different items that remind us of the in-bringing of the harvest. And we have much to praise God for, even as we look around us, even at the display here at the front of the church. We have many blessings to be thankful for. And as I was considering this, I came across a little quote. Emerson said that if the stars came out only once a year, everyone would stay up all night to behold them. We have seen the stars so often that we don't bother to look at them anymore. We have grown accustomed to our blessings. And so that is the case with us in our thankfulness toward God so often. We receive many blessings from the hand of the Lord day by day. But I wonder when was the last time that we stopped to thank the Lord for his goodness towards us. Maybe for someone here tonight, it was this time last year. You've gone on through the year and you've failed to thank God for his faithfulness and his goodness in every temporal blessing that he has given to you. You know, the children of Israel in the wilderness got accustomed to their blessings. God had to chasten them. God had fed the nation with manna from a high morning each and every morning. And yet the people grew tired of it. In Numbers chapter 11 verse 6 we read, But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. But the manna was God's best. It was everything they needed and more. Yet they grew weary and they grew thankless. And they started to begrudge God for sending it. I wondered, are we like that tonight? Are we unthankful for all those blessings, both the temporal and the spiritual, that he has poured out upon us since this time last year? Friend, we have so much that we take it for granted day by day. Well, I wonder how often we forget the blessings of the Lord. But praise be unto his name. He never forgets his promises and his blessings that he pours out upon us. We read in Genesis 8 that account. We read how Noah came out of the ark and built an altar unto the Lord. An altar of thankfulness unto God for his goodness and his mercy. And the Lord gives us that promise there in verse 22. When we think about Noah coming out of the ark, if I was to ask perhaps the young ones, what promise did God give to Noah when he came out of the ark? The first thing we think of is the rainbow. Isn't that it? But the first promise that we have here is that earth, while earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. And the promises of God are yea and amen. We see that even tonight. We celebrate another harvest time. God's promises have never failed. Yes, there may be those that say, well, there's been some bad harvests. That may be the case. But harvest and seed time has remained. We thank God for such things. And so as we look upon these items before us, as we consider the harvest, we remember 
the unfailing, unchanging God who keeps his promises day by day, year on year. And we lift up our hearts in thankfulness to him tonight. The word harvest is actually used 61 times in all of scripture. And there are many references also then to the reaping and the sowing. And both the Reverend Moffat and the Reverend Gray have spoken on sowing and reaping. And all those things that are tied in with that. And there are many spiritual lessons and examples for us to learn in Scripture. From this idea of harvest or sowing or reaping. And then there is the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. As he spoke about the sower and the seed and the soil. But for a few moments this evening. I want to consider briefly three harvests that are mentioned in Scripture. And we looked at three different passages. So as I say, please follow along with me. The first passage that I wish to turn your attention to is found in the prophecy of Jeremiah. A well-known passage that's often preached on at harvest. Jeremiah chapter 8. Jeremiah chapter 8. And verse 20. And there we read. The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And we are not saved. We are not saved. In this passage, the prophet grieves for Israel. For they have forsaken the Lord. They have turned away to him. They have turned to idols. And God has withholden his blessing from them. They're longing for those days of harvest once again. But they're in captivity. They want to know the blessing of God in their lives. Here before us, we have what we can see of a harvest that has passed. A harvest that has passed. The thought is that the children of Israel here wanted again, as I say, those days of harvest, those days of blessing. But they came and went and they felt forsaken. They felt that the Lord was far from them. And what do they say? The harvest has passed and the summer has ended and we are still not saved. If we were to look into the original language, we could read that as, and we cannot be saved. Such was the state that they felt they were in. But they provoked the Lord to anger. Dear friend, here was a harvest that was past. There are people who felt desolated and rejected. Dear friend, can I ask you tonight how many harvests have, see, have you seen in your life? There will be some that will have seen many, many harvests. Others, only a few. We have all seen harvests in the past, haven't we? We have seen times of gracious blessing when the Lord poured out upon us his grace and his mercy, perhaps in some particular way. Perhaps in some situation that you encountered, God delivered you out of it. God was merciful unto you. And perhaps you offered up a little prayer, thank you God for doing that for me. Perhaps there was some other situation, dear friend, and you were in. 
You didn't know what the way out was. And you said, Lord, if you just get me out of the situation, then, then listen, I'll follow you. I'll give my life to you. I'll become a Christian. The Lord delivered you. He's gracious. And he was merciful toward you. Yet, and yet, you continued on in your sin. You continued on in your thanklessness. Another harvest season passed. And still you're not saved. I wonder tonight, what harvest, what summers have you seen? Perhaps you've seen those around you trust Christ Jesus for salvation. And you can't help but remark the change in their lives. Oh, the Lord has came and moved powerfully. And there has been that reaping. The word of God has been sown and it has brought forth fruit in the life of that individual that you know. Maybe even someone in your own home or your family. And you see the change. And you know it's just not some new resolution or turning over a new leaf. No, it has been a whole new life, a whole new outlook. In fact, if you were to be honest with you, with yourself, it seems just like they've been born again. Yet you say, that's not for me and that's not for today. No, we don't use such a language. Well, there has been that ingathering of souls, and yet you are not saved. The harvest is past. The word of God has went forth, and you've rejected it again. You rebel against God for his mercy and his blessing in your life. You've enjoyed the summer of life. You've enjoyed the opportunities. And equally you've seen in your life the harvest of privileges and blessings. But all these things of the past are now gone. All these opportunities of the past are gone. And no matter what you do, you can't bring them back. Your friends have sat and perhaps you have procrastinated. Perhaps you've said, Lord, I'll do that another day. Well, I don't want to hear the gospel just now. That's for another time. And yet you reject God's offer of mercy. Year on year on year. We come to another harvest service. We come to the end of the close of another weekend of harvest meetings. And they're going out into eternity very quickly and still you're not saved. Oh, dear friends, is this the situation that you're in? Oh, if you're in, you're in a dreadful situation. Without hope. Without Christ. Oh, there's the harvest of the past. But if I were to stop there, then there would be no hope. Please turn with me to our second passage of Scripture. 
Turn with me please to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. Sorry, verse 36. Matthew 9 verse 36. There we read, But when he, the Lord Jesus, saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they were fainted and scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And here we have a harvest in the present. A harvest in the present. These verses, so often when they're preached on, are for the sending out of workers into some area of God's work. But I want to take those words in verse 37 when the Lord says the harvest truly is plenteous. And that reminds me, folks, that we're still living in a day of grace. The Lord looked around him and he was moved with compassion. And to the disciples that great commission was given. That the gospel, the good news of salvation should be preached to all those who are lost in sin. The message was to every nation and every tongue. And praise God, we are, as I say, in the day of grace. And the door has been opened here once again and on along this evening for the preaching of the gospel. For the good news that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners will be heralded forth from this place tonight. Dear friend, The message that I bring tonight is the same message that our Saviour proclaimed. The same message that the disciples and the apostles taught. The same message that the great reformers brought. What is it? The Lord Jesus Christ, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Dear friend, there is no other way. He is the only way. Acts 4 verse 12 tells us that neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. No other way. And for years you've thought of doing it some other way. Oh, I'll just do my best and the Lord will let me in. And harvests are passing out into eternity. You're still trying to do it your own way. He is the only way. He is the only truth. In John 10 and verse 30, Lord Jesus Christ says, I and my Father are one. And just as the promise of the Father for the harvest stands firm, so do the words of the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And his word is the only truth for salvation. He is the only way, the only remedy for sin and the only way of reconciliation unto God for man who is separated from God because of his sin. Dear friend, I don't know what way you're trying this evening. 
But can I tell you whether you're trying church attendance, whether you're trying religion, whether you're trying good works, whether you're just living by the golden rule, I'll do unto others as I would want done unto myself. God's word tells us tonight that it's all in vain. For Jesus is the only way. Oh yes, he is the truth. Sorry, he is the, the way. He is also the truth. And he is also the life. As the harvest seeds live, bring with them those, sorry, as the harvest seeds bring forth life, And from that life brings forth the grain and the food that is provided from them and the blessings that flow. So then once again the seed must die to bring forth new life. So the Lord Jesus came in the fullness or at the appointed time to bring that message of life. And by his death and resurrection he offers new life. To all who will come to him in repentance and faith. Oh, he is the bread of life, dear friend. You want something that satisfies. Something that brings contentment and peace. Dear friend, let me tell you, it's only found in Jesus Christ as your Savior. He is the one who can satisfy your greatest need. Dear friends... The compassionate Saviour who stood and looked over the need of the multitude. The one who stood and wept over Jerusalem is the same. He has never changed. And he still offers mercy to those who deserve nothing but the wrath and the judgment and the punishment of God. Yet tonight he still welcomes with open arms those who will call upon him for salvation. The great hymn writer Fanny Crosby penned the words, His love abides forever through eternal years the same. Oh, the height and depth of mercy. Oh, the length and breadth of love. Oh, the fullness of redemption. Pledge of endless life above. The Savior never changes. His word never changes. And praise God. We stand in a present harvest. And those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Dear friend, yes, for you maybe perhaps many harvests have gone out into eternity. And what's done cannot be changed. You cannot go back. Praise God, this very night you can come and you can put your trust in Christ alone. Oh, what a harvest it would be. Another soul brought into the kingdom. Dear friend, will that be you tonight? Will that be you? Oh, the Lord has been gracious to you. He has given you another harvest time. I wonder, can you tell me tonight, if you reject Christ this very night, will you see another harvest We're not promised another day, never mind another harvest. 
Many a soul has sat time after time in a meeting such as, such as this. And went out rejecting the offer of grace and mercy and the spirit has stopped striving. And they carried on indifferent till the day they died. Many a soul sat in a meeting like this last year. And their seat's empty this year. Well, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. You can't put it off. And so we have seen the harvest of the past, the harvest of the present, very briefly. Let us look to the harvest of the future. Turn with me, please, across a few pages to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Verse 36. Verse 36. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto him, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the, wor- the, se- the, field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of the wor- this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend them which do iniquity. And shall cast them into a furnace of fire. And there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Oh dear friend, what a day that will be. When that final harvest is gathered in. And you stand before the judge of all the earth. Dear friend, that day of judgment you may say, Oh, I'll tell God this or I'll tell God that. Let me tell you something now. You'll tell God nothing. You'll tell God nothing. I wonder, dear friend... If this were your last present harvest, how would you be on that great final harvest? Will you meet him as your Lord and your Saviour? Will you meet him as your judge? It'll only be one of two. The Lord shows us in this passage that it is he, the Son of Man, shall send forth his angels, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend. And dear friend, let me tell you tonight, if you're rejecting Christ, you're an offender. That's the truth of this word. And them which do iniquity. Dear friend, And it is on his command that they shall be cast into a furnace of fire. And it shall never end. For that will be the last and final harvest. 
Oh, dear friends, that may sound harsh, but they're not the words of this preacher. The words of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And now as we come to a close, I want to ask you, what will you do before you leave this harvest tonight? And how do you stand before you leave this harvest service tonight? Would you choose to let another harvest in the presence pass you by? And take your chance, as you say, with God. Take your chance that you're right and God's word is wrong. Are you prepared to do that this evening, dear friend? And face the wrath and judgment of God. Who in the right mind would risk it, you say? You need to come to Christ. You need to trust him. Oh, look at the blessings that he has poured out upon you. We have thought at the start about the temporal blessings. Look at the blessing even tonight of having another opportunity to hear the gospel and get right with God. But in a few moments, the voice of this preacher will be silent. We pray that the Spirit will speak on in your heart. You get right with God. Ere another harvest be gone. Dear believer, let's thank the Lord for his goodness to us. For his blessings upon us day by day. Let us thank our God for the gift of his only begotten Son. Let us thank our God for the plan of redemption. Let us thank our God for the Saviour who died on Calvary's cross to save wretches such as us. Let us thank our God for the Saviour who rose victorious over the grave and gives us new life. Hope and certainty and peace and assurance. Believer, let us rejoice that we have seen another harvest, another opportunity to thank our God for every blessing. Dear unsaved friend, dear unsaved friend, while the earth remaineth seed time and harvest, and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease, but your life one day will. And what about your eternity? May the Lord bless his word to all of our hearts.